0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Yanks the Cop. We have a jam-packed schedule tonight, but before we get going, um, as always, I'm joined by LFC Wahome. What's going on, Wahomi? How are you doing today?
1: I'm fine, good. good to- and uh,
0: we have some great news. We have an official new member of Yanks of the Cop. We have Sophie finally joined the team officially. How are you doing?
2: Uh, officially? I'm great. I'm buzzing,
0: mate.
2: <laughs> I can finally be on here officially to bully Wahomey It's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might have to u- work on your user tag though below we might need uh, no. little, uh pop after. <laughs> no. okay no. all right that works that works um, all right well yeah just going in just going into this weekend obviously we had a huge result we had uh everton tie spurs 2-2 um i thought Everton were gonna win it to be honest but uh fortunately harry kane came through in like the final 10 minutes but um, how are you guys feeling going into the Leeds match? Just to start, we can t- t- touch on this topic a little bit. Well, homie, let's start with you. A
1: bit nervous actually, because Leeds are quite a good team. Um, and obviously, I think if results go this weekend for us, um, like West Ham draw Newcastle tomorrow, and we beat Leeds, we're going to be a very good position. So it's going to be an intense match. And it's obviously one of those games we're going to have to really. Grinding a win, um, especially after Madrid defeat. But yep. I believe you can go then win as good as leads are. But we just have to be really collective in terms of defending and attacking the team and actually believing that we can go then, go then and get a victory because obviously we know how Bells is going to set up, it's going to be high intensity, pressurized football. Yes, uh, but I did, I did hear that Rafina could, could be injured for the game, so if that's the case. And um, that's quite good for us.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that's huge. And I, I think that what you touched on right there, just saying that, um, it's going to be a high intensity match. Yeah. Chris Welch about time when we had a haircut. Yeah. 100% man. He was due. He was definitely due. But, uh, I think, I think organization is just going to be absolutely key in this one. We're going to need the midfield to be organized. Uh, you know, you need, you need Fabinho in there. Um, Derek say Milner gets another start. Um, and, and Tiago. I, I something like that needs to happen just just so we have like the most experienced guys in there because there's gonna be a lot of running in this one. Um maybe maybe you even sit Tiago and keep Genie in because there's gonna be so much running. I'm not sure we can get to that in a little bit. But uh Sophie, what did you th- What do you think about this one going into it?
2: Um like I was on uh Doug's podcast the other day and we were talking about the leads lineup and everything like that. And we mentioned the fact that their captain um and center back has been red cards as he's missing this game anyway were the centre-back is out injured, and then obviously they've lost Rafina. So we were talking about how that kind of like levels the playing field a little bit between the two teams. You know, we both, we're both kind of struggling in the same areas. We both play, the t- you know, the same type of football, like heavy metal football. But for me, our biggest thing going into this is definitely going to be whether we can be clinical in the final third. You know, this whole season, our problems of issues around the defence in the midfield, and I've, I've spoken in depth before about the domino effect. But I don't think it's really the domino effect anymore because the defence has kind of fixed itself now. The midfield is working really well. We're making the chances. Our front three aren't just aren't finishing them. They aren't putting them away. And we saw in the Madrid game how well we played, how how brilliant the passing was. We had so many chances. We had two sisters in the first half and Mo and Jeannie failed to put them away. You know, we saw at... Um, the game we played Premier League game before, I can't remember who we were playing actually. Who did we play? Villa? Uh Villa. Marnie at the end nearly hadn't, you know, assisted as well and he missed it. They're just not clinical. And I think if we wanna beat Leeds, you know, the last game we had was a four-three thriller. I don't think it's gonna be that type of goal score line again. But I feel like if we don't go in and sort our fan, you know, our finishing out, we don't stand a chance.
0: Yeah, I think the good thing about the Leeds game though is that we're gonna have a lot of chances. You know, the, just the way that they play, they're just they're, they're like heavy metal, metal football from from when we used to play with Jurgen back in the day. You yeah. know, there's going to be opportunities. They're not the strongest in defense. Um, so if there was a time to kickstart our confidence, I think now is the time against Leeds. And ho- I think we're going to get a lot of chances there. But just going back to the Madrid game really quick, and, and I guess it kind of yeah. coincides with this game here, too. Do you think that the, the the defense will come away with a lot of confidence after that second leg? I mean, they played they played pretty well, kept Real Madrid off the score sheet. They didn't have that many chances. Uh, I thought they did a good job on Benzema overall, with Quebec and Phillips in the middle. Trent did a fantastic job on Vinicius Junior. Um, and and uh, Asensio was basically non-existent the whole game. So, um, well, or, uh, Sophie, let's keep it with you. What, what do you think about that?
2: I've got mixed feelings on that because overall, yeah, we did play much better. You know, we saw in the way we moved the ball around, like, Klopp went all at it, like, because he had nothing to lose. Um, However, equally, Madrid didn't really try. You know, the first leg, we saw them push on every counter attack they could possibly make in order to get those goals, and they banged three in with ease. Yes, we didn't play the first leg the way we played the second leg, which undeniably would have made it more difficult for Madrid, and they probably wouldn't have got three. But they didn't really try. They knew that all they had to do was hold out, really. And every time, you know, you looked at the pick, Benzema was the only really Madrid player that was past the centre line. Most of the time, they were in their line, two two banks. So I don't think our I think our boys did a really good job, and our defence are obviously going to come away feeling really strongly about it because the performance as a whole was very solid. Um, I but they weren't tested that's the thing they they weren't really tested by madrid in that game unfortunately They were tested the first leg and it it showed but i think anything's going to come off with of the confidence and we talked about um previously we've talked about like leeds' uh, form recently in the premier league on you know on the back of three wins and we talked about liverpool's win and our our record the last few games isn't too bad i feel like as liverpool fans we're kind of looking at liverpool's season as a Negative in the hole at the minute, Um, and not really taking into account the last five games or so. We've actually come away with really good, you know, results. We've come away with, you know, the most points we can. Um, Apart from the Madrid game, we won them. Um, They've been scrappy, but we won them. So I think the boys are going to have to just keep that confidence up and you try and brush off the Madrid game now. You know, it's been, it's gone, it's happened, and just kind of think not trying to compare the Madrid game to anything else. It's a different competition, it's a different you know, kettle of fish entirely and just go at lead, like with fresh eyes, I think is the best way to say it.
0: Yeah. I, I just want to add, I think that I agree with you for the most part. I just think that Firmino did a really good job and the midfield in general did a really good job on uh, Tony Cruz. You know, I, I don't remember too many times where Tony Cruz's name was mentioned in that first half. Um, he didn't have much time in the ball. He was constantly pressured. I think Milner bodied him a couple of times with his his physicality so uh, you know, stuff like that was was stuff that was missing in the first leg. 100. He was given much too much time on the ball. Um, but, w- well, homie, what do you, what do you think about everything that Sophie and I just said? Do you do you agree with that, or um, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I do think I do think it is true that I don't think I don't think Madrid played as if, as if they did in the first leg because they they you know although I think they knew that you know obviously one of our big issues obviously is is the low block. So yeah. that's obviously they're set up for the low block. Um, and they obviously set up just to potentially counter-attack. But I don't think they Kate went into that game at the second leg thinking that they need to attack us or go out and attack. So I don't think overall that, you know, as good as our defence did play, I don't think they were properly tested. I don't think Madrid went in that game thinking, okay, look, we need to be open as they were in the first leg. So I think with Leeds game, they are going to be open. And they're going to come at us so they're going to be we're going to defensive be more tested than they were in Madrid second leg but I do you feel that you know we can get positives I mean we should have had three goals in that game so we can get positives on the fact that you know we create the same kind of chances against Leeds um surely this time around we'll take at least take one of them but
2: are we right. going? that's that's the issue that we're having at the minute like we can sit here and say, Oh, it's Leeds, it's not Madrid. Obviously, it's very different, califish, you know, different caliber of players. We will, yeah, I completely agree with Chris. We will get chances against them. Oh, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we will get chances against Leeds, undeniably, but are we going to be able to take those chances effectively? Like, you know, we've seen it in the past few games. How many times have we all sat there and watched the screen, watched an open goal, and been like, It's going in, and then Salah, like, shoots it with the outside of his foot, not the inside of his foot makes a silly mistake, it goes left, jotted it, takes it over the bar. Just silly, silly mistakes that, you know, six months ago you would never have thought our, you know, our front three would have been making. Um so for me, my biggest concern is are they actually going to be able to finish? Because at the minute they're they're not doing the right job. And it's sad to say, but they're not
1: I'd probably play all four the forwards on Monday.
0: You'd play all four of the forwards? Yeah. Steve, what do you think? You're coming in a little late here, but uh, we're just kind of talking about the Madrid game. I said that, um, you know, Sophie and I said that the defense had played pretty well, obviously keeping a clean sheet, but the forwards were were lacking in quality. Um, And we also mentioned that in this Leeds game, there's going to be plenty of opportunities, but what
3: are your insights? Uh, Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of nailed on the head. I think – You know, if Salah scores scores that goal in the first two minutes, that probably would have changed the whole dynamic of that match. I think Real Madrid would have been on the back foot. But, I mean, I counted at least least four chances that Liverpool could have scored in that game. And you even think back to the Villa performance as well. I know Martinez made some great saves in that match. But, again, a lot of opportunities that we had didn't get a lot of goals. And I think it's now over – 100 shots that we have at Anfield in 2021, and only have three goals in, in, in live play. It's definitely concerning. And I, I caught Sophie's Sophie at the end there, and she's absolutely right. Like just way too many times when, like, two years ago, when we'd be in the same exact position, and like you just know the ball's gonna go in the back of the net. And now it's just like no, <laughs> there's no confidence in, in that right now. It's it's kind of crazy. But yeah, I think against Leeds, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be really similar to the first game of the season we played against them. I think it's going to be a whole lot of going going back and forth. I do think our defense will – I don't think our defense will allow three goals against them again. I think uh, Leeds is going to be without somebody pretty big on their team. I forget who it is. but Yeah. yeah. So, honestly, no, I think think it's going to be an open game. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, back and forth, and we're definitely going to have our fair share of chances. So, Honestly, though, like I know we didn't get the job done. We came out with a draw against Real Madrid, but that was the best we've played in a long time. And I think if we play like that, the rest of the game, I mean, the, for all the rest of the matches, I think we're going to be in good position and definitely battle for the top four. So that was the biggest thing for me. I know we're not there finishing-wise, but that was a really, really good performance we put in it, we put in that 0-0 draw.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And um stephen somerville thank you so much for joining us man first time on here uh, keep up the great content we'll definitely keep bringing it man much appreciated um chris Welsh, smash that like button for amount of chances Liverpool will get leads hopefully it's like 50 man i'm hoping it's 50 Um uh, mustafa coming in here what's that
2: I might get one of them in there <laughs> 50 chances on <and> one goal <laughs>
0: Yeah, Mustafa's coming in saying, "I'm praying that we get that Champions League spot." Yeah, I think it's it's up for the taking, and we'll see what happens this weekend with with West Ham and Newcastle and, and Chelsea as well. But um, what do you guys think? There was a lot of fallout after this game, um, a lot of criticism for the players, but especially with Genie Wijnaldum. Obviously, he's been a uh, quite the contentious topic over the past season. You know, a lot of fans want him out. He's going to be likely leaving anyway, and he's been subject to a lot of criticism throughout each game. But after this one, there was a lot of terrible things being said about him, racism, racist comments included. Um, obviously, we don't condone that kind of stuff here on Yanks of the Cop, but what is going on with Twitter, guys? I mean, what are your opinions on all of this? How, like, we can yeah. just touch on it briefly, but what what needs to change? You know, you're seeing Jordan Henderson come out and he's allowing um, a social media company to kind of take over his all of his social media accounts and try to spread, um, uh, you know, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like positive vibes regarding, you know, racist abuse and stuff like that. So what yeah. are your thoughts on all this, you guys?
3: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of take this first if that's cool with you guys. Um, b- before I jump into that too, I'm sorry I was late, but I really wanted to say, you know, obviously everyone here, you know, especially Sophie who lives right in town, you know, all of our thoughts, prayers are with everybody who is impacted by the Hillsborough tragedy. Uh, 32 years ago, um, obviously, we, we all know what happened. You know, I actually watched a video uh, of like of the live shot of all that happening. It's so cringeworthy and I was really happy to see so many rival fans come out and supportive of us too. You know, the, the 99% of you who said positive vibes, we really appreciate that. You know, the 1% may be louder at times, but we know that doesn't reflect your fan base and we all appreciate you guys there. But uh, yeah, when it comes to the genie and all them stuff, absolutely disgusting. You know, Klopp's come out and said, like, you know, especially if you're a Liverpool supporter and you're doing that stuff, you're not a Liverpool supporter. You're not a you're not a true one. Honestly, I think the only way it's ever gonna stop is is, is if the social media companies themselves are held responsible because right now they're not. So they don't really care. It's it's driving more traffic on their platforms. And until they get held with a financially responsible, legally responsible, anything like that, nothing's gonna change. That that's the that's the thing that really needs to happen. And it's it's a, it's a shame that these companies are making millions and millions of dollars and can't even, you know, go out of their way to ban people permanently. Like you can easily track IP addresses. You, you can know who is associated no matter how many accounts they make. And you always see it, too. It's always coming from those people who are hiding behind a Twitter avatar that's not even their real picture. It's always the same; those same people. Yeah. Um, so until unfortunately, in my opinion, until the social media companies do uh, take responsibility themselves, nothing's ever going to change.
0: My my thing is just real quick before you guys jump in is that um in terms of social media, I think yeah, there clearly needs to be change there and hopefully there will be. I'm not gonna count um I'm not gonna rely on them too heavily though. What I think that needs to happen is once fans return, you know, you've seen these things with with fans in the stadiums too. If it happens in the stadium like that, whether it's you know in the Italian league, it happens all the time, like you know, I think mean, last year was Napoli and several other teams as well. But if it does happen, that team should be docked points. You know, just stuff like that that just needs to really impact, you know, just to just for them to understand that there's actually consequences when you when you say things like that. It's just absolutely ridiculous that there aren't any. Um, and just going to the chat real quick before I get to you guys. J. Doc said it's easy to say shit behind the scenes. Completely agree. Um, Chris Welch, constructive criticism is fine for any player, but race abuse and online abuse oversteps the mark. And you're disgusting human being if you do that. Um, what do you guys think? Well, homie, let's go to you
1: yeah i mean i think it's it's disgusting like you know Tyron mings also just posted today like he said in twitter on instagram like the daily abuse he gets um i think i, I echo what, what you know come what Stephen's saying the fact that you know social media accounts need to be held accountable well i think it also comes from like the government like the government doesn't really care to really to really stop it you know like you know and, and that's where it's, it's systemic issue comes from this whole racism thing you know because until the government starts you know making it as a priority to eradicate from society uh, and then holding big corporations accountable then nothing's going to be a change yeah. so until you know and also i think it's part of the social media maybe they need to like i don't know the way some you know maybe very have verifications so people who have twitter accounts i don't know how, if i how possible that is but you know verification very occasionally because the problem is it's not this easy as um so it's very hard to stop this anonymous accounts and that's the issue, you know. Because yeah. all the dudes, they'll just create another one. Even when right. you report one, they just create another one. So that's the issue. And it's most of the times as well. You find it's like some little kid is like 14, 15, that's doing it, um, and they think apparently the one that was that abused time means got exposed. I saw on Instagram and they found out it's some 14 year old kid. So it's like, um, no, I, as, as Steve said, they are always hiding behind and avi is never their own photo. So I don't know how to really stop it, but it's just, dis, it's disgusting. The fact that, you know, you know, that every time when a footballer has a bad game, you know, regardless of whatever color, gender, religion, whatever it is that that has something like that has to get brought into, you know, why can't you just focus on their performance and their ability on the pitch? Yeah. You know, what the gender, the race has nothing to do with it. So, you know, but I think like I said until something's done what, what like overall society, I don't think you're going to really real change it. And, you know, the FA and on the UEFA and FIFA, they the punishments are a joke. Like, you know, if you're a fan, you're racist at a stadium, you get a lifetime ban. If you're a player, you get 10-match ban. It's a joke. So, you know, until... Overall, something's done. I don't think anything will change. Of what you
0: mean? Yeah, the fact that uh, Kamara from Rangers got what did he get suspended for three games?
2: Yeah.
0: That's just ridiculous. The fact that they allowed that is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. But Sophie, let's go to you. What do you think?
2: Um, I think everything that you said is pretty much covered. You know the repercussions in regards to social media and the response. So I'm not going to like rehash the same things, the same points that have been made. But just taking it back to Genie himself, you know, because this is the issue that you know we are facing as you know, Liverpool fans at the minute. You know, Clock came out, like you said before, Stephen, and said that, you know, if you're a Liverpool fan, you know, and you say these things, then you're not a Liverpool fan. And as somebody from the city, you know, I know it was nearly a decade ago, but in 2012, we were the, you know, the capital of culture. Our city is so inclusive of everybody, race, religion, gender, it doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't matter. Like Your skin color, just because you've got extra melanin in your skin, means you're less a lesser a being. No. But for you to use a footballer's ability on the pitch as, a, as validation for you to then say racist remarks is disgusting. Because if any one of us in our professional career, say I was working with Wahomi, just to use yep. Wahomi's name. If I was working with Wahomi and I turned around after a bad day at work and said that, um, say me and Mohamed did a group paired presentation and I came out with those remarks at the end of it. I'd be sacked straight away. There'd mm-hmm. be no, oh, long, you know, dragging it out. There'd be no long spiel and, you know, oh, we're sorry about this and it won't happen again, a slap on the wrist. I'd be sacked and I'd be blacklisted.
0: And right that place. would be on
2: my record. And yep. it doesn't seem to have those ramifications in football. And they think that they can sit there and say that to junior Reinald and I understand that. Genie's under, come under a lot of scrutiny recently, you know, as a player. I'll take his take his of skin out of it. I understand that Genie's been the you know on the wrong end of the stick in regards to you know a lot of abuse because of his contract situation going on. But eighteen months ago, you were all outside in Madrid singing his song. His mm-hmm. skin didn't come into it then.
0: True.
2: None of that <laughs> came into it. And if you look at the Liverpool team, we've got about five players who are white. The rest of our team, are Brazilian, our mixed race, are black, are Egyptian, and you think it's perfectly acceptable, that's your team that you support. And you think using those emojis warrants what you're actually saying and hides the meaning behind it. No. It's racism, and you don't accept it in any other sphere of the world. So why is football and the football world accepting it? And they go, of oh, well, footballers just kind of have to put up with it. Well, no, they shouldn't because they go to work. It just so happens that... They're celebrities in a sense. But if you went and, you know, went to a Kanye West concert and racially abused him at his concert, you'd be escorted out within seconds and you would not be allowed back in and you would probably be given criminal charges for it.
0: You'd leave it in an
2: Yeah, Kanye West would probably knock it out. like. But, you know, these fans or so-called fans, if you can even call them that, just seem to think that they're an anonymous person and it's not the case. You know, everything comes out in the wash, everything comes to light at the end of the day. But what, you know, these people, and I understand that they are, you know, the majority of them are 16 or younger. They're very young, they're very immature, people who don't really understand the consequences of their actions and what they say online. But everything they say online leaves a digital footprint. Whether your IP address is tracked at the time of the event or not, You can't say for certain that one day your employer, 10 years from now, with new advances in technology, won't be able to find your Twitter account and see what you've said. Won't be able to figure out that it's you behind that screen saying those things. We see it all the time on Twitter now with these accounts coming out and saying, you know, horrible shouts against Hillsborough, horrible shouts against the Munich disaster and racist remarks and everything. And there are accounts out there who will find that person's information so easy and say well i know your full name i know where you live and if an individual just a normal person in the public can find that then the authorities have every right to do the same and they're not doing it so it shows that they just don't want to do it because if they wanted to change they it. but if, yeah, it, it doesn't belong in football it doesn't belong in anywhere anywhere
0: yeah i think that's um i think that's beautifully said sophie i think you said that absolutely perfectly um I want to get to the chat real quick. Jdoc said that social media is extremely hard to censor. IPs are easy to change all the accounts. I can't blame them. Yeah. I mean, I think they are somewhat to blame though. I think that like what said, there needs to be some sort of authentication or, or, you know, something along those lines, something that needs to change and make these keyboard warriors actually have a face on, on these social media networks. Um, Eve, thanks for coming back again, Eve. Uh, pleasure to have you. She said that, um, until there are legitimate repercussions for uh, abuse online, it'll sadly continue. Yeah. That's, I completely agree with that. Um, Chris Welch said, I constructively criticize our players if they have a bad performance, but I don't overstep the mark by abusing. I still blow love and support them because they play for the club. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, 1892. Welcome back, guys! Thanks for joining us. we Well, homie, with a fresh trim, you know it. Stevie has a fresh trim as well.
2: I'm just waiting for Well, hey, start doing this. <laughs> he's, like, he's had so many compliments on his hair. <laughs> yeah,
0: John John Moore came in um, and said that. Don't care what age they are. I have two young ch- young children. They would never dream of saying anything like that. Yeah, and you raise them right, then man. Well, well done. Um, the dugout football channel. Uh, this channel deserves more subs. Yeah. We definitely do, man. Thanks, thanks very much for the support. And uh, okay. it's LFC Chats, what's going on, Dave? Thanks for joining us. And, yes, congrats to Sophie. We're so happy to have her on our team. But uh, let's get back to football now. Um, I, I, I do want to just mention really quickly, or ask this question really quickly. Um, we've been talking on Yanks of the Cop, how there's been somewhat of a slow buildup with the um, lack of Virgil Van Dyke, with the lack of Joe Gomez, Joel Matip. And that transition from getting the ball from the defense up to the forwards takes a pretty long time, and that's I think one of our main issues with uh, a low block whenever we come against it. But what are your guys' thoughts on this? Um, I mean, obviously, I think that that's what Tiago was brought in for, and we haven't seen him much recently. Um, Do you think that we need to utilize him more? Do you think he needs more time? Um, Are you concerned with the buildup? Just what are some of your your responses here? Let's start with uh, let's start with Wahome.
1: Yeah, I think I think overall you know, the one thing we're missing, you know, a lot of times when we're when we're playing like a low block, is someone to switch the play. And that's what we were so good at, you know, obviously when we had Virgil, Gomez or Matic, they could switch the play. They could put the ball out wide to the flanks, or they could play the ball faster, get the ball the ball further into bring the ball forward and get the ball into midfield. Yes. And I guess they attack more. But now obviously our build up play, you know, obviously there's limitations with obviously what Cavack and Phillips can do. You know, obviously they've done as well as they can do, um, but obviously they, you know, the limitations of the fact that obviously they can't do the switch or play, or they don't, maybe they don't have confidence enough in themselves to do it, so that they, they play more safe passes. Um, but also, I think also midfield. I don't think the midfield's taking much risks in terms of the passes they're making. You know, um, so we're not seeing sometimes quick football, um, and it's very slow build up you know it's so obviously it makes it easier for the opposition to defend against you because you know if you're not moving the ball fast enough which we which we were very good at previously doing where we tire out the opposition because we're just passing it really quickly it makes it easier for them and comfortable for them to defend so i do feel it is a it is a concern but i don't think it's something that we're going to be able to solve now um until the summer until next season Um, But I do think it is a concern. I do think it is why we have struggled in certain games when we played the bottom teams because we don't move the ball quickly enough. We move it very slow in midfield and in defence. And it makes it more harder for us to create chances and score goals. So I do think it is a concern, but it's nothing we can really solve now. Um, Because even if you put Thiago in there, it's going to be difficult because, I, I, you know, I think even with him, you know, the team's not playing that well overall. And obviously, even even him, like, when he came against Madrid, he was shocking in that second half. Um, and I think also didn't help the fact that Fabinho went back in the, into, into defence, so that also affected yeah. him. Um, and then I think, obviously, when Milner went off, he was the only one that's been physical getting Madrid's face, so we lost that intensity. So I do feel that um, that doesn't help because obviously, when Fabina's not midfield, Chagun has to take on more defensive stuff and has to do more. Um, right. so I do think that affected him, but at the same time, he could have done he should have still done more. Um, but I do feel that overall, um, we're not taking enough risks overall as a team, you know, realistically. Um, and until we have, you know, I remember I think it was Arteta who said that. Liverpool were so difficult to defend against when we had Van Dyke and Gomez because they could do that switch ball over over the top that just completely bypassed the press. And we don't have that right now. And that affects the team.
2: Yeah. Like, what do you think,
1: Sophie?
2: I, I completely agree with Mahome, you know, but for me, Tiago, when we signed Tiago, we signed him with a fully fit team. We signed him with a, you know, a, a jigsaw puzzle piece that fit perfectly in the team that we had. And obviously, We've been absolutely decimated by, you know, injuries this season. And I know people say you can't keep blaming injuries, but there was that Man City Extra, whatever channel they are. Um they put out a tweet earlier today saying that, you know, mm. Liverpool are twenty two points behind City so far this season and at some point you can't blame injuries. It's not a valid excuse. Like, well, hang on a minute. When you were 25 points behind us last season with Laporte injured for 107 days, that was your valid reason. Our centre backs alone have missed 607 consecutive days combined. They've missed three seasons worth of football between the three of them due to career, possibly career ends and injuries in the case of Virgil van Dijk. You know, obviously he is going to come back, but you know, they are season ends and injuries. So we have not been fortunate at all and it's not about vi- it's not an excuse it's a viable reason why we've struggled so much you know but with tiago he was brought in like i said as that perfect little jigsaw piece to you know fill the you know fill the missing piece in and he hasn't been able to do that and we say that tiago was brought in to be our creative player you know and switch the play but he's not able to do that at the minute because if he does that role he exposes so many other elements that aren't there because we don't have virgil and we don't have gomez in there we are not going to see the Tiago we signed from Bayern until those boys are back next season. And we can sit here and we can say, what can our boys do now for the next six games? But at the end of the day, we've got six games of a very shit season left. Now, for me personally, I'm just sitting here going, right, get your heads down, grind out the results you can and just call this season what it is get top four and go again next year when everyone's back because I am done with this season. I am done with the criticism and I am done with the abuse and I am done with the negativity, not just for Liverpool, for every team. It's been a horrible season. You know, we put a lot of pressure on this season as football fans because of Project Restart. You know, when football was suspended, we were all gutted. When football came back, we were so excited. We put so much emphasis on our need for football that we've kind of put too much expectations on the players across the league, not Good just point. the Liverpool. And I think all the players are feeling that pressure because it's the normal pressure of the Premier League and then that added extra pressure and I think Thiago has felt it tremendously because, like I said, he was signed with very, very high expectations from Liverpool fans. We expected so much of him and then he got injured in the derby, then he's come back from injury and he's not been what we expected. But what can you expect when everything around you has got upside down jigsaw pieces that don't fit right now? You can't do it until you solve the problem, and the problem can't be solved until you've got a fully fit squad ready to go again next season. It's it, you can't you can't do it, and I think Tiago's getting a lot of hate, and a lot of our players are getting hate. And you know, Wahomi rightly said then that when Milner came off, we, oh my lights just gone off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, shut up, so prepared enough for you <laughs> now. <enough." laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. First go, first go. Nice, nice But you know, like, what Homie said, rather <laughs> than Ben laughing at me, <laughs> you know, what Homie rightly said then before, you know, the team's not itself. You know, when Milner came off, we lost that intensity, like but Fabinho dropped back. We lost that intensity in a normal season, we wouldn't do that. You know, this is not a normal season. And for me, at this point, like I said before, it's literally just a case of put on the, yes, yeah, someone please clip that and send that. Like, someone screen record that. Like, please just put your heads down. Work together as a unit of the team. Don't worry about being a standout player. Don't worry about Ballon d'Or. Don't worry about top goal scorer and golden boots. Don't worry about any personal accolades this season. Just work together as a unit grinds out results the way we used to when Liverpool were struggling for Europa. Go back to our roots and just fight for top four because that's all we need for next year. Next year is a fresh start with all the boys back and then we'll just show everybody what we're worth. But yep. now just fucking do something. Just please do something. No, <laughs> everyone so. like going off fucking hell.
3: <laughs> This show is just going to be very interesting from here on out. Not just this episode, all shows going forward. Like, holy shit.
2: It's a fun. Um,
3: one and done. She's one and done. No, but I mean, I mean, Andrew, getting back to the original question. I mean, to be honest, like I'm not, I'm not that concerned with the, the slow buildup. I mean, we're, you know, like Sophie said, I mean, we kind of have square pegs and round holes right now. I mean, we are playing guys out of position, like, yeah. You know, and you think, you know, two of the key guys to our Liverpool system were Van Dyke and Henderson. They're not in there. You know, especially most the majority of the time that Thiago has played for us, he's been playing in a not a role that's not exactly his per- perfect role. Like she said, you know, he he was supposed to be more of our creator. And he's asked, he's being asked to do way more than that. Um, And because of that, he has to focus more defensively. It's not that he can't do that. You know, he's still pretty good at that, but that's not what he excels at. So that, that's kind of been the problem there. And that's, that's the biggest issue is we're missing the key guys in the midfield and in the center of the park that really help us click. And even guys like Trent and Robbo, like taking that, they're playing next to guys not usually playing with, they don't have the usual cover with Henderson um and i think milner offered that big time again in the real madrid match like all of a sudden robbo was flying up the field getting involved way more like he used to be and th- that was just something that we've been missing so you know in the long term i'm not worried about it you know short term sure you know but honestly i think like sophie said again you know if if we make top 4 if we, if, if liverpool makes the top 4 everybody in the league should be extremely worried about us next season because we'll have the funds, you know. We'll have Champions League football. We'll be able to go get anybody that we want to go get. You know, if FSG and if we have if we have the money to go do it, that's another conversation. But I think if we have the eyes on, the, on a couple of people to bring in with Van Dyke coming back, with Gomez coming coming back, and also remember too, Tiago and Jota did not have preseason with us. They they came in at the very end of the window. Same thing with Quebec, came in at the very end of the window. Phillips was not expected to play this many minutes. So well, we don't look like the same Liverpool team because we're not the same Liverpool team. So long term, I'm not worried about it. It's just, can we win, Was it, six out of the last seven games that we have here? I, I think we can. And, and when you look at the matchups that the other teams have, I'm not too concerned about it in the long run. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah,
0: I want to let's keep it on the midfield for a little bit because I think it's going to be a massive, massive summer uh, for the midfield. But um, Eve said about Thiago. By the time Thiago came back into our team and had changed personnel, uh, personnel wise, and uh, forwards form dropped. Yeah, hundred percent true. Um, Mustafa had a good point here. Nabi Ktou would be so good in Syria. Uh, I think he'd be good in Syria. I think he'd be good in the French league, and I think he'd be good in the uh, in the back in the Bundesliga. But I think he's still going to be given another chance in uh, in the Premier League. But we'll see. Um and then there was one more I wanted to take a look at. Um not sure where it went, but what do you guys think? What's gonna happen uh over the over the summer? I mean, who's who are we gonna keep realistically? Not who you think we should keep. Who do you think that we will realistically keep and who do you think that will likely sell? Um in in, our, in only our midfield. And well, homie, I want to start with you. No boy.
1: Um I just, I oh, there
2: we go, I missed the negative. Let's get Upa Makano into midfield. Don't shush me.
3: Oh.
2: Oh, did he just
1: shush me? He
3: didn't. You're lying. We might have to have a
0: shush. We might have to have a shush shush button too instead of a heart instead of a (laughs) heart.
1: As I was saying, I think ginny has gone. Regardless of what we were saying, I think he's definitely gone. Um Milner depends on. I might. It depends on Milner. Like I think he might leave this summer. Um, but it depends. I would love
0: Milner to stay and get take a coaching job with us. But I,
1: so would I. But I think he might go.
0: Yeah, he still um, thinks he can play. But yeah, keep going.
1: I don't. I would. I would prefer to sell Ox and K to. I'd sell them both. But I don't think Klotz is gonna sell both. So I think he's gonna sell one of them only. Um, I did hear that ox could on his way out to west ham I've heard um that and that's probably it really so you know from a field that i can think that that's yeah i kind of i, I classify shack as one of the forwards rather than field so yeah that's that's it then obviously yeah Grooch and wilson are gone too
0: yeah it looked, it looked like today there's a report saying that porto wanted to keep them and i saw another report saying that liverpool wanted to keep them so um, it's good that there's discussions being had about him, for sure. But, um, Sophie, what do you think?
2: Um, Grewich needs to go. You know, we've never played him, really, have we? We've never utilised him. He's just – I know he's out on loan, but you're just feeding money into a contract that you're never going to honour. Let him go. just He's happy where he is. No one misses him. Not one of us has ever turned taken- around oh, and gone. I wish I really had Grewich back. Not one of us has ever said we wish that. It's like Lovren. No one wants him back either. In an ideal world for me, midfield-wise, Ox would go. I think he'd be really good with Jesse Lingard. I think, you know, in West Ham, I think he'd, he'd do really well moving there. You know, when Ox first signed for us, he was absolutely explosive. He was so good because he came from a right-back position into a midfield where he wanted. He got his ACL and it's he's scared because every time he's tried to go back again, his knee's gone. He he can't he can't keep up with that pace and that physicality of Liverpool anymore. And he's not got the he's not got that fifth gear. Brilliant player, heck of a player, but just not for us. And he's not going to get the game time for it. When yeah. he does come on, he doesn't impact the game in the way he used to. So ideally, Ox should go. He's still young. Give him a career somewhere else. And um, Nabikata has got to go. Has mm-hmm. got to go. You can't offend him anymore. It's indefensible. Like, yeah. uh, personally, he was big at fault for most of that Madrid first leg. I, I feel like he he didn't do the role he was meant to do and he never does the role. We've seen glimmers of it, but how many seasons are you going to give that lad before you say enough is enough and send him back? We've just spoke there about how... Um, We'd, he'd be good in Serie A, he'd be good in the Bundesliga, he'd be good there. So basically, he'd be good anywhere but the Premier League. That's what we're saying. He's got to go. Uh, Ox has got to go. And Chiqu- Jeannie's going 100%. Um, and if Genie does go and we do get rid of Ox and Naby, we'd have to keep Shaq. We'd, ha- we'd have to keep him Because I think that's too much outgoings. For the incomings we're not going to get we're not going to replace four with four are we you know you need to keep him there because he's versatile he can play midfield and he can play more of a forward role as well although he's not always getting the game time and he's quite often in the basement um he, he is that option that is there that's needed um but there's some wasn't we talking about was that on the podcast we're talking about navigator being interested in uh, by leicester um, Lester would uh, thinking of going for him, and I think that would be a good fit for him. Oh, there it is.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
2: I think it would be a really good fit for Nabby, yeah. I just don't think Klopp's going to let him go. I, I think he should, but I don't think he will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you see, before you go, Eve had a good comment here. She said, uh, Grijic, Genie, and Ox are out for me. Nabby gets another season due to his fee, plus his age. It's do or die for him next season, though. That's what I think that's realistically what's gonna happen. I think Klopp's gonna give him another chance. And I think that um FSG, they're all about their investments and getting their money back. And the fact that they spent so much for Naby, they're gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to get rid of him right now. Um so I, I think he gets another season and we could see someone like Shaq on his way out. That that's what I would think. But Stephen, what do you think?
3: Yeah, um I think ultimately, I think Eve kind of nailed it right there. Um, I think yeah, Nabby. Like he's a talented, talented guy, but we've never seen it. You know, he, <laughs> he's kind of like a YouTube clip warrior. Um, and just, we've just never seen it for Liverpool, unfortunately. But I do think he'll stay just because of the price tag we paid on him. Unless a team like would pay the exact same amount. I think it was like, what, around 40, 40 million pounds, something like that. If, if, if a club offered that same amount, maybe we'd move on. Um, something like that. But no, I think, I think Jeannie will go. And I think, I think Ox will go uh, and Shakiri. I mean, it seems like we've tried to move Shakiri every single window, like the last, like, three windows. Um, but I think a guy like Milner, I, I think he'll stay for one more season. And I also think that it'll be beneficial to have him there. You know, you hear guys like Curtis Jones talk about how Milner's really pushed them in training and really helped them become a better tra- a player in training. So even if it's not in a coaching role yet, I, know, I, I hope he does stick around and because, you know, he, he's not a guy who's going to complain about not playing. And he, he's just a good locker room guy. And when it comes to Ox, he's been very unlucky with the injuries. But also he doesn't, like, he doesn't really fit into any sort of perfect position. You know, he, he, he's not a winger and – He's not. Oh, he's also like in the attacking mid role. He's really only good when there's a ton of space. Like I don't remember him really taking a guy one on one in a tight space and beating them. It's really when he has pace, when he has space to run, when he's dangerous. So I just don't think that his skill set really aligns with how we how we play tactically. So I think he'd be going. I think Genie would be going. Honestly, I'd like to see Kaita go because he's never available, and like, and I'd also just like to see Curtis Jones get more opportunity because I think he's been he's yeah. been he's been good this season. And that was something I actually wanted to ask you guys, like the team about, is like, you know, he seemed to get on a stretch of playing really good, and now we haven't seen him at all in like the last like what month and a half, two months. Like, you think there's just something going on there, or do you think he's just not in Klopp, that Klopp's like trust circle yet for the big matches? For me.
2: Um, Sorry, no, you shush. <laughs> for me, I think Jones isn't being played right now because he's still got a lot of time to develop. He's got all preseason, He's got next season to show his worth. If Genie goes, Jones steps right into that role for me. You know, he takes that place. But for right now, where we are with the season, where we are in the league, now is not a time to start, you know, embedding embed someone's mm-hmm. new shoes into a team. Like, you know, it was OK at the start when we had, you know, like we had Hendo, we had our captain, we had Virgil, we had Gomez, we had our solid players. We don't have our solid players right now. And I think it would be very foolish to try and embed a new young lad into that team at such a critical point. Because you know what will happen. We've talked before about social media and the abuse of players. If you put Jones in that midfield and he makes one fucking mistake, he is getting absolutely railroaded for it. He will not survive it. They will cripple him. You know, he is a very young lad. He hasn't felt the brunt of the abuse yet. Not not the way the Premier League players do. Um, so I think we need to just kind of keep him on the back burner until next season and then really kickstart his development again. Because of, and originally, I do think that was Klopp's plan for this season, was to really kickstart his career. But things have derailed that. And for right now, you've got to look at the bigger picture. He's got a long time to go. He's, what, 18, 19, 19, 20, something like that. He's still very young, early 20s. You know, he's got plenty of time still. He's going nowhere. Um, you know, another six games isn't going to kill him. It's really, really not going to kill him right now. But um, just before we move on, I just want to go back to what Eve said about Naby, Um, where the club will want to play him to get the money back. Act. Um, I- i appreciate what you what you're, you're thinking i understand the thought pattern you know we paid 48 million for navigator we expected more from him we are never going to get that money back we are never going to recoup that money back you know he was worth 48 million his his stock has gone woofed you know, Regardless of whether he has a stellar season next year we're not going to make that money back we might get near it but we're not going to break it back let's look at virgil's profit i was looking at um. The injury stats earlier between the two clubs. That's where I got six hundred seven from. Virgil's profit was ninety million. He was valued at ninety million on the market before his injury. He's now dropped thirty million for just being injured. Yeah. One injury, he's devalued thirty million. And I know it's a different quality of player, but Naby Keita was never a Virgil. Was was never near that quality, and he was you know quite expensive we are never going to recoup that money back and if he goes another season with really poor form his stock plummets even more now if i am not a football manager i'm not in the financial part of liverpool but i'd be sat there going and gone we've got a player here who's got talent undeniably who the bundesliga will take back because they know what he can do in their league I know he can't do it in the Premier League. I know I'm losing money. Every day he's with us, I'm losing more and more and more money. I'd be cashing in while I could, knowing that I've got Curtis Jones waiting in the wings, knowing that I've got development, that I've got my eye on other players. I've got Thiago who I've just brought in. I've got Bobby who could be rev- uh, revolutionised into a 10-roll. I'm thinking strategically, going, well, I'll get rid of him now. That's what I would personally do. But, again, I, I, I don't own... I don't own Liverpool football club, do
1: I? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> be yeah, great yeah.
2: if I did.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, you'd be making some big bucks right now, that's for sure. Um, but to get to some things in the chat here, Stephen Somerville, one of our new guests here. Uh, my birthday's this week. I hope I don't want Liverpool to let me down. Losing could potentially be our top four race done. First of all, happy early birthday, my friend, and thanks for checking out the podcast. And uh, the team won't let you down. They know it's your birthday. They're not going to let you down at all. Uh, but a couple other thoughts here on people going out. Our, our friend over at Dugout, um, if you guys haven't checked out his channel, he does great work there. So go check it out. Adrian, uh, Adrian gone, Reese alone, Matip sold, Jeannie gone, Kaita unsure, Ox sold, Shakiri sold. Origi sold. That'd be a lot of money that we would potentially be able to spend on some good players there. There is a lot, a lot of outbounds. I, mean, I hope a guy like Origi, Shakiri, Ox, you know, and, and, you know, I don't want Jeannie to leave, but it sounds like he's out the door. Uh, I think those guys would be a really, really good. Uh, Chris Welch here, that'd be kind of Liverpool career over as injury-prone. Yeah, exactly right. This is a really good point here. The squad's getting older. Changes that happen before it's too late. Yeah, that, I think that's the big thing too. Is we need to get some good, talented guys in those in those you know 25 and under to come in who can make an impact right away because the team is getting uh, really old. Uh, Dugout could also see Ben Davies. I forgot he existed. He is Casper the Ghost for sure. Uh, <laughs> He's, poor guy.
2: Basement, he's buried <laughs> underneath the basement.
3: Jeez. Yeah. He's buried underneath the basement that Samikas is in. That's for sure. Um, but any any other good co- comments here? Uh, Zane here. Uh, this is something that we've talked about all the time. We need an attacking mid. Somebody who can go out and score goals. But well, Homer, do you want to comment on this? Because I know this is one of your favorite topics.
1: He's... <sighs> uh, <laughs> But I just, I just don't think um, we're gonna get it solved this summer. I just, I just don't think it. But I do feel like for me, one of the big things we're, we're lacking from midfield is like someone who can score goals. You know, because you can see straight away now, like if the strikers are struggling, you know. So if you know the only ones who really score for us nowadays is Jota and Salah, and if both of them don't score, realistically, no one else scores. Because Manu's been shocking form. Bobby's Rarely scores, it doesn't look like he's going to score nowadays, so we need someone else to score goals, you know. And I, and I look to you know, I look at Man United, they've got Fernandez, see the Brian Foden, uh, going to go on, uh, Mibain got Goretzka, Kimmich. So, you know, a lot of these teams have people who score goals. Um, you know, even even Madrid had Casemiro, he scored like I think 12 goals this season, so. We need someone who can score goals from midfield. It's the one thing we're missing. But I just don't think we're gonna solve that this summer. Much I'd love it. I'd love OR, but I just don't think we're gonna we're gonna solve it with him because I don't think the money's gonna be there for that. And I think we're gonna replace Genie with a like for like rather than getting an attacking player. Um well I think we probably need two midfielders, but I just don't think we're gonna get two midfielders. So um I think we're gonna go again next season relying on get a life-for-life for like Ginny and then hoping that Thiago playing a bit further forward is going to solve that situation for the time being. And hopefully as well, you know, that they'll think Nambi Cage is going to f- find something and kick in, which I don't think Kate ever is going to do it. But I think that's what they're going to think in. So as much as I want it, and I've said it repeatedly, we need someone. I just don't think we're going to do that this summer, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, I but I think it's a massive concern the fact that we do, we are relying on the strikers for goals and there is a lack of goals and creativity. You know, I'd love for us Come the last time we had someone who's getting like loads of goals and assists from, assist from the field. Maybe it's Gerard when he was there. The last time he had that. Maybe actually no, Moreles was getting goals and assists um before it sold him to Chelsea. But that's the mm-hmm. last time we had someone who's getting he was getting the numbers from midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What do you think, Andrew? Um I just don't think they're going to buy someone like OR. I think that, um, I mean, obviously I would love to have him um, and not to add a little pessimism into the show, but I just don't think they're going to take Mm -hmm. another chance on someone like OR when we made a pretty big, we took a pretty big chance on Navi Keita for a similar fee and it hasn't really worked out. Um, And in terms of Keita, I think that, you know, recently in the past six, you know, three to six months, they've uh, put him on a new uh, workout plan. They've been um, monitoring his progress, uh pretty tightly and I, I i just find it hard to believe that klopp's going to give up on him that FSG is going to allow that investment to just walk out the door for you know a much a much lower fee um and you know especially with their, the fact that they're putting all this work into him right now i think they're going to give him one more season i really do and i think he's had i think he has a five-year deal so this will be his fourth season um so we can still sell him next summer but um but yeah, I mean, he's he's an enigma. It's it's tough to deal with him. It's it's very frustrating to deal with him. So I, I, I would love to see an attacking midfielder. I think he could be that guy if he's if he's fit. But I, I don't see us I don't see us signing one this summer because of those reasons. And I also don't see us signing one this summer because I think we have other priorities. I think we need um, further rotation up front. Clearly, yeah, like someone like DACA, like Chris Welch just said, coming in, especially with Origi probably being sold, Shakiri uh, being sold um we just need further options up front we need further options in the back so i think those are the i think those are the biggest priorities for me instead of an attacking midfielder
3: yeah i mean that's a good point because i do think um you know obviously when, when we get the guys back from injury you know we're, we'll probably be back up there uh you know back on the city level but the season has shown us as well, but we do need a couple of those guys who can strengthen our bench. And uh, so, if we have an injury or two here, you know, we we could you know fill in perfectly fine. Like you look at who they have coming off the bench, like you know, uh, uh, who is the midfielder who's absolutely killing it right now? Why am I blank, blanking on his name? Gundawan. Like you know, Gundawan doesn't, like, you know, usually is not a starter for them, and he comes in and he's been one of the best midfielders this year. Uh, I mean, obviously they've spent, what, like $300 million just on outside backs <laughs> over the last few years. Yeah. Like, you know, we we need to no, – I'm not saying we need to go out and spend the, spend that kind of money, but we do just need to have, you know, somebody who can push Trent. You know, I, I think Samikas can still be that guy who pushes Robbo, but he's had some injuries and, and that sort of a thing. Need some more center back depth. Definitely need another pure striker off the bench. Origi's not the guy anymore. He's too lazy. Um yeah. So yeah, you know I think we're a couple pieces away from really, really competing there. Um, but to get back to the the game this weekend, like, what do you guys want to see out of us? Like, I, obviously we want to score a lot of goals, get back to get back to doing that. But like, what what do you need to see ultimately though? Like against this game against Leeds, and then the following weekend to make you have the belief that we can go out and get the top four?
2: Two words. Jürgen Klopp said them all last season. That's all we need to be is mentality monsters. That's all we need to be. We don't need to be the most outstanding footballers. We don't need to be the most clinical finishers. We don't need to be the most solid defensive unit. We do not need to have the most tantalizing midfield in the Premier League. We do not need any of that right now. What we need to do, I said it before, is get your head down and fucking play the football. That's what you need to do. You need to focus on that and you need to have that mentality. You need to believe that we can get top four or we're just going to let it slip between our grasp. Like, we can get top four now. So I don't want to see, you know, I'd, I'd love the lads to come out on Monday and absolutely play, you know, the football we've enjoyed for the last 18 months. I'd love nothing more than to see a display like that. Being realistic about it, all I want to see is to get lads put on a good performance and grind out a result. I don't care if it's a 1-0 win, I don't care if it's 2-1, I don't care if it's a dodgy penalty in the 95th minute. Of extra. You know, I don't care. I just want the lads to go out fighting for it and go down. And if we don't get top four, I want to go down all guns, please. I want to go out proper, like we did in Madrid game. If we if we'd have played that second leg like we played the first leg, I'd have been fuming. But we went out with a good performance. And that's yeah. the way it's got to be for the rest of the season. For me, it, That's you've got to play it like that. There's no other option.
3: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And everyone in the chat, we keep we love you guys' opinions. Keep bringing this in. And if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. You guys are awesome. But, Andrew, what are your thoughts? I
0: mean, we kind of touched on it earlier. I think that this game, uh, we know what to expect from Leeds. Leeds hasn't changed their play style all year. And it doesn't matter what team they're going against. They're going to go out, all out attack heavy metal football um, pressing the hell out of you. And they're going to just run until they're dead in the ground. So I think that we need to be incredibly organized uh, in the midfield. We need to be ready for our full, our uh, forwards, uh, geez, our, our center backs to be, to be pressed constantly. I don't think they're going to have too much time on the ball. Um, so hopefully Kabak can deal with that pressure. There's a few times in the Madrid two legs that um, he succumbed to that pressure and gave the ball away in, in risky scenarios or risky situations. Um, but I also think, and we touched on this earlier again, that we need to just play really quickly because of that press. If we can move the ball quickly, work around that press, then we'll be very successful in this game. And I haven't seen Liverpool work around a press very often this season. One of the main reasons because of that is because they usually have most of the possession and teams just kind of sit back on them, but I'll, it's it's going to be needed in, in this game. You know, they were was the first game of the season this year. And we had Van Dyke in there, we had Gomez in there, and they still scored three goals against us. They hit us in the mouth. So we we know what to expect this time around, which is a good thing, but we still have somewhat inexperienced center backs that like to play a high line. So it's gonna be a dangerous game. It really is. So we need to we need to be on our toes. We need to be ready for anything. We need to be ready for a physical battle. Um it's not just gonna, you know, you know, Leeds, I think, are on 45 points and we're on fifty-two. So Leeds, you know, Leeds wins this one. <laughs> They, they still have motivation to make Europe. They really do. That's how crazy of a season that we're in right now. So I just think we need, we need to be really up for this one. I know we just lost to Madrid. We can't be feeling bad for ourselves. We need to get going and start building momentum for the top four if we want to make Champions League next year.
3: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I want to get there's two good points here in the chat I wanted to get to. First of all, uh, Zane, I saw, you say, uh, I saw you say that your birthday was on the Real Madrid 0 0 draw. So happy belated birthday to you, my friend. And thanks for checking us out. But at this point here, I wanted to get your opinions on this. And, well, home, I'll start with you. Mane on the bench is a priority, or Klopp's commitment to other players is questionable. I can't understand the minimino treatment. So what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously, you know, Mane hasn't been his usual self this year as of late. So, I mean, do you kind of agree with that assessment that he needs to get benched? And, like, if he doesn't, you're kind of questioning Klopp's tactics a little bit?
2: No, I think that's absolutely Bollocks, to be honest I, I respect everyone's opinion like you're entitled to your own opinion but at the end of the day it's like an arsehole everyone's got one mean you want to see it you know i, I think that's absolute shite to say that we need to bench marnie like yeah marnie arguably hasn't been in the best form of his life but none of the fucking team have you know you know you can't expect everybody to be fantastic at everything all the time you've got to give them a bit of slack they are people they're not robots they're not machines they are people and Mane it needs a rest, definitely, he does. And that's what the end of the season will bring him and a good preseason will bring him back to the quality we know. But I feel like a lot of people are starting to really, really, like, slate Mane and, like, starting to sleep on what he's actually capable of doing. You know, when we take Mane off, bloody hell, we all know about it. We all sit there and say we're missing that attacking on the left and, you know, we're missing Mane and we're missing that link-up with Robert when. To bench Mane in a chat like in, not in a chat, sorry, in a game. I was looking at the chat then. <laughs> you know, to bench Marne in a game like Leeds where we know they will go in an all out press. We know they're gonna attack us hard. If you take Mane off, they're gonna attack down that left and they're gonna really fixate on that left hand side. I think you'd be really, really silly of Klopp to take off Mane and put Jotter in. If anything, he should be putting all four of them on. You should be meeting an all-out press with an all-out attack. You know, put the Ferrari in fifth gear at the front of the wheel. Like, put the Ferrari on. Don't be, don't be putting your Volkswagen Beetle on open for the best. Like, it ain't gonna work. You know, it, it's not gonna work. But yeah, some of the things I say seriously. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Where'd that one come from? Yeah, that's, that's a new
2: yeah, one. I have on no me. idea. That, that's, that's, a, uh, dad's, that's one of my dad's ones. That I bet. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, they do new dress. You know, but you you seen in the chat. Salah had COVID and needs a break. Marne needs a break. Bobby needs a break. Everybody needs a break. Klopp needs a break, for God's sake. Everybody does. The only team that doesn't need a break is City because they've got three teams worth billions of pounds waiting in the wings. They're a different fucking breed. They're something else entirely. Everybody needs a break at this point. We're at the end of the season. Normally, everybody does regardless, but this season in particular, they do. But Marne has earned your respect. Marnay has earned his place in that starting lineup. And until the day comes when Marnay has an absolute catastrophic turn of events, you ain't dropping that lad unless he desperately needs it. Because that's just not the way, the way the game works, not the way our team works. And not against Leeds. That's like going up against City and putting Marnay and Salah both on the bench. It's stupid. I mean, I respect your opinion and you're entitled to it, but in my opinion, it's stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I just want to add that the the big before goes, um, the goes, the big issue in the, in the Madrid second leg for me was, you know, I thought we had really good control of the, of the of the ball in the second half. You know, we were really starting to press. And Klopp made two mistakes, in my opinion. He took he took Milner off and brought on Tiago. Yeah, Tiago probably should have come on at some point anyway. But taking Milner off uh, just lost the intensity of the match. But the big one for me was moving Mane over to the right and Jota onto the left. And I think Sophie hit a great point there is that Mane is so effective on that left-hand side, just cutting in. He's always keeping the defender guessing. Jota, on the other hand, I thought he should have been more so in the middle. And you you, you saw how how kind of lost he was on that left-hand side. So I thought that was a big issue. And and, and we, we underestimate Mane. We take him for granted in a, in a sense because of how great he has done for us over the past three, four years. He's been absolutely phenomenal. The guy won a golden boot for God's sake. So I, and that's without that's without penalty. So he's an absolutely phenomenal player. He's gonna he's gonna figure it out. Yeah, he had COVID. He had a lot of issues, but world class players don't don't lose that world class ability. You know, they're gonna it's gonna continue. He's gonna come back, and
3: uh, I have all the faith in the world. What are your thoughts, for homie
1: yeah, the, the only thing I added, I think I think in an ideal world you probably would rest Marnie, but I don't think you can right now, too, because. Um, we need him. Simple as that, really. Um, and I think I don't understand why a lot of people came for Mane after the Madrid game, the second leg, because you know I actually thought that he played quite well, you know, he and did. actually brought energy and stuff. So I didn't yeah. understand where, why people were scapegoating him, and then no one, you know, obviously no one wanted to criticize Salah or criticize Jota, um, but people, a lot of people scapegoating Mane, and I didn't stand it. Uh, but I, like I said, I don't, I don't think like. I would drop him for the Leeds game because I think you're going to need his energy in pressing. So, um, so for me, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rest him for that game. I'd definitely play him. Potentially, I I wouldn't mind resting for the Newcastle game. After that, but not for the Leeds game. I'd definitely play Marnie and I would play. Like I said, I'd play all four. So, um, and you know, obviously, as people have said before, Marnie just needs a rest in the summer. Yeah. Um, you know, because I I can't. I think he's, I think he's played like. I saw I think it's like hundred and forty games or something without arrest for arrest. You know, so you know, it's not is these players aren't aren't machines. Yeah, you know, they are gonna get um burnt out. So, you know, like a lot of players, Marnie, Ginny, Bobby, they're all playing for the red. So of course it's not gonna be performing his his optimum best. But at the same time, I think it was um Neil Jones, one of those guys, posted that Marnie's actual stats have actually gone up this year compared to last year. So I think, yes, he has been poor overall, but I think people aren't taking context into it. Yeah. So he'll come back, Marnie. But yeah, just going back to the point, I wouldn't drop him for Lee's game.
0: I just want to mention real quick Chris Weld said, for me, it's fatigue. And we, we talked a lot about COVID. We still don't know what the extent of COVID is on, on players because there's a, there's a, I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan in the NBA. There's a player, Jason Tatum. Uh, he's one of the best young players in the NBA. And he got COVID uh, a couple, a few months ago. And now he's to take an inhaler before every game and I think during the game as well. So we don't, we still don't know the extent of this illness. It could be, it, it could have, you know, massive cardiovascular issues. We, we don't, we don't really know. So the fact that Mane uh, got it, um, and his form dropped, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it isn't, but I think there's still a lot to learn from this. Um, so we shouldn't take it lightly by any means.
2: Yeah. And just before we move on from that, like obviously Chris, Walsh, you know, he's had plenty of time and understandably if someone has the flu, you go from October to April, you should be well recovered by it by now. Um, but there are people that I work with who have family have had COVID and they've been told since recovering from it that once this pandemic is over and that it is declassified as a highly infectious disease, just to go off this topic quickly, um, that they have to go for a full brain scan and body scan because they okay. do not know the effects that it has had. You know, one of my colleague's daughters, she's lost feeling in one of her arms because of COVID. My Hello. best friend had a you know, last February. She still doesn't have her full sense of smell and taste back yet. You don't sure. know how it affects people and you can say, you know, he should be over it by now. And he probably is over COVID itself. But the fact, as Andrews just rightly said, the fact that he is able to go on and play these matches week in, week out, 90 minutes, you know, 90 minutes plus, is incredible for an athlete in general. Because, like, obviously, you've just mentioned, you know, an American athlete who's struggling with it and has now, you know, got symptoms of asthma. You know, it affects people very differently. People's, um, you know, people's health, people's immune systems all react differently to it. So we can't say it's COVID reactions. We can't say it's not. But I think it's you've got to take it into account. You can't disregard it. Not after the year, the eighteen months we've all had across the world. Um, but we will see what happens next season with Marne, and we will see what happens with the boys in general. Um, but I feel like we kind of need to just say, okay, he's had COVID. He's recovering from that still. It's been a very long season. It's been a very tiring season. And Mane hasn't had a proper break. And he plays all the internationals. He played yep. the World Cup. He needs a break. And in summer, he will get that break. But for now, let's focus on the here and now and the next six games. Mm-hmm. You know, Let's focus on that, not on speculation of is it this, is it that, is it not.
3: That's a good point. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to cover? I should get into some uh, fun trivia questions here.
2: Let's
3: lighten the mood. Here we are. Lighten the mood. Who wants to start with homie, You got one or?
1: Yeah, I got. I got two for us. Cool. Alright, so first one. If you guys could time travel, where would you go and why?
3: Time travel. Hmm. Uh, I would go to AC Milan versus Liverpool. Stevie G's come back. That'd be pretty sweet. I was <laughs> thinking like the 1960s, you know, free love. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking
2: like non-football again. Where would I go? Ooh, yeah, the moon
3: landing, you know, JFK,
0: all that all that stuff was pretty cool. So yeah. was, uh, music back then was the top notch for me. So I, yeah. would, I would love to check that out. That'd be cool.
3: Yeah, non-football, I would love to go to the disco era so I could have a huge, just huge afro. And oh, just. I
2: to see it. Like, doing this was a cool <laughs> dance. It
3: still works cool. for me. Oh, cool dance.
2: You could still do that now when you just grow your hair out again just stand there in your living room.
3: Oh, believe me, my girlfriend sees it all the time. I give her all the moves, but that, those are behind closed doors. <laughs>
2: okay, we don't need to know.
3: <laughs> yeah, those are behind closed doors.
2: <laughs> um i was thinking the same as andrew i was like oh that's like the 1940s 1950s but when you mention them, like oh i go for like jfk in the 60s and i go for all like the moon London, and i'm thinking to myself i go to the 1950s because i like the way the women dressed <laughs> like, <that's laughs> what <I am> <laughs> to be fair if I, if I could go back like really historically i think i go back to like the eight like the Tudor time like victorian time I'd I'd go right back to there, and I'd like to see how how everything was because we see it romanticized in films, and we see you know accurate historical um, recreations of it. But I'd like to see it fully, and I want to wear one of those big fuck off petticoat dresses. I want to be a queen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but people were disgusting back then, like you know dental hygiene, personal hygiene, like all that stuff. Like they used to I mean, throw shit in the
2: there. <laughs> Yeah.
1: That's
2: true. <laughs> I come back home, in life, but I'd I'd like to go back and see it.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I'd probably go back um, to the Egyptian time. I want to see how the pyramids are made?
0: Dude, I had a feeling you were gonna say the Egyptian times. I don't know why.
1: That's so weird. Yeah. I want to know who actually made them. I'll tell you who.
2: Oh yeah,
1: aliens. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I think that. <laughs> I think that I want to see who definitely made them. Like, um, uh, that's I've always been curious to see who actually probably made them. Mighty red hair. Uh, good point. No one. No one going, <laughs> going to the
2: future.
3: Sorry. I the. the Would be I don't. I don't think.
1: I don't think it's good to see the future because if you die and you see of death, it's not good.
0: True.
2: Next and
1: we point. don't
0: know what we don't know what lies ahead in the future. You know, that's that's the only thing I would say. Like. It'd be cool to go. Have yeah, you ever seen the Back to the Future too? Like that—that's—that's that's a cool movie. I, I would—I would do that.
2: Mm, I do not think did, I'd ever like to go to the future, because I feel like if I got there and, like you said, I saw something I didn't like, I'd then, when I came back to the present, do everything I could to make sure that didn't happen. It could probably make it worse. up
1: time. You know. You told me about screwing up time the other day. You screwed up time. You did that.
2: I I know, yeah. but that'd be that'd be changing time in the future, not changing something in the past that's already, you know, cemented in history. You know, because like if I went back to like the Victorian time and like stabbed, you know, Queen Victoria and suddenly became queen, things would be very very different now. You know, we'd oh, have no. a statue in Liverpool oh, as Queen Sophie, not Queen Victoria. <laughs> well, I'd do
1: something fair. weird. I'd go back and give them iPhones and see what they did with them. If see if, if, if they were like, the wizard or something.
3: Well, it's it's like, like it's like it's like hot tub time machine. I don't know if you if you guys have seen that movie before, where they go back in time and then they invent. Oh hey, so, hey, I'm hey, I'm hey I'm come on I'm in, Arsenal fan. Arsenal <laughs> 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 having
1: okay. a tough or season, tough
3: season. <laughs> all right. Go <laughs> um, get one. Uh, the
1: next one, the next one um, is if you had to pick a film that you would get trapped in a replay. Over and over again, what film would you pick and why? So, like, you go into the movie? Yeah, you go into the movie, but it's stuck on replay. So the whole film gets gets replayed over and over again, but you're stuck in that land of the film.
3: Well, so the nerd in me would have to be, like... I want to be, like, Luke Skywalker and like, Star Wars or, (laughs) Aragon and Lord of the Rings, like... Something like that would be sick. Like imagine being Aragon and just being like a badass motherfucker, and you start just—you're the king of Gondor. Like, nah, no, that'd, be, that'd be pretty wild. Chill, dude. Chill. Chill.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to be in the seventies, but he also wants to be in like Aragon. Make <laughs> your mind up, honey. Which one do you want to be?
0: It'd just be cool. I, I would. I would probably say Forrest Gump. I think I said it the other day, but it has. Best soundtrack ever in any movie. You're living through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s of the United States. The golden era. it's, or, Ooh, Days of
3: Confusion. That's a great call. That is a great call. Wow.
0: Well done, Zane. Well done. That actually might be mine. That's good. That's a good one.
3: Uh, Greece. <laughs> yeah. Travolta. Uh, My brother met Travolta once. Angie met Travolta once.
0: I did.
2: Is that where your love of the seventies comes from there, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I think I'd have to go with Pineapple Express. Ooh, because you would never not have fun if you were in Pineapple Express. Just it would be hilarious reliving That'd that be film. So awesome. It's never not funny. It's that's never a, a really one. good one. Pineapple.
3: For Halloween, for
0: Halloween five years ago, my one of my best friends and I, uh, I he dressed as Saul and I dressed as Dale.
2: That <laughs> was, was awesome. I love Pineapple Express so much. He was he was
0: he was wasted at the bar and he goes up to these two girls and he goes. He said one of the lines from the movie. He just goes up to her and he goes, "Hey, what do you think of euthanasia?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what though. I, I don't know whether it's because I love James Franco in general. Oh, he's the king! Oh, god, he's a beautiful man. But I, I, that film would be like brilliant forever. You could do that forever.
1: I yeah. think. No, I, I, think for me, I think for me, I'd probably go fantasy, um, and because it was my favorite film when I was growing up as a kid, uh, *Lion Witch and the Wardrobe*.
3: Oh, I'd
1: I'd that'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah, Just, cool. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't write Hang out with Aslan. That. <laughs>
2: <Yeah.
1: laughs> that's all mean, he wants. He, he just wants
2: to ride
3: Aslan. So many years talking to a new world like that would that would be pretty cool too. That's why that's why I said Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, you just get hammered off wine. Like you can you can smoke Longbottom leaf. and will <laughs> kill orcs. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, we cool.
2: Uh, my, mine's better. You get to smoke a lot, <laughs> and you just get to put someone's head through drywall. You, know, you throw your phone at a tree because you think you'd be in trap
3: <laughs> back is Jude Law. <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's all I
2: had.
1: Unless, unless, unless anyone, unless in the chat's got a good, good fun question, that's all I had. Well, yeah. let
3: Oh, that's so good. I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's a good one. I think it's a good way to end it there. But this was a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys hanging on with us until the. Uh, with my technical issues at the beginning, but great episode one with our new contributor here, Sophie. It's going to be a lot of fun going forwards here. Uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of shushing. It's going to be great. To be great. We, a we do need a shush We're button. we nice shush button for us and that's going to be good, but uh, everyone in the chat, we really appreciate you guys. This was another fire episode. You guys brought some great questions, great comments. We really appreciate you all. Tell your friends, and if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. We're on the road to 500. Keep growing. Every episode, we appreciate it. Helps us bring on some bigger guests and helps more Liverpool fans see the channel. So, we super appreciate it. Hit that like and subscribe button. We'll be back Sunday for the pre-match for the Leeds match on on Monday. So, until then, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and healthy. And up the Reds, everyone. Take care. See you guys. Up the reds. Bye.